0: Good morning, everybody. <laughs> if you want to come closer, you can. But feel free to stay there if you want to with your little ones. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I know all of you by now that I'm Holly. am. <laughs> um, I'm doing a bit of the. Say this for the podcast. Um, parenting ministries here at New Life Downtown, and starting the spiritual parenting course is part of that. So we're hoping to get. More things going for parents, and um, yay! <laughs> so this is a part of a part of the trajectory for that. So um, we're doing a couple environments today. So the, so there's actually three at the end of the book, but. I thought it might be a lot to cram in all of them, so rather than going really fast through all of them, I decided to focus in on two of them. So we're going to do love and respect and knowing, and the last one is modeling. So if you wanted to dig in, and I've kind of sprinkled modeling stuff throughout, so we kind of have covered it just a bit, but um, if you want to read that last chapter, you can read the last chapter on modeling. Um, So let me pray before before we dig in. Lord, I come to you this morning, and I I thank you, Lord, for what a a gift it is um, to all of us that we have become parents, Lord, that you are leading and guiding us on this journey of parenthood, Lord, and I just pray that on this last session, Lord, that you would Bring things to our minds um, from various sessions, from today's session, Lord, what you would have each of us as parents and in our families to focus on in this season, Lord, in this season of our family, Lord. We ask that you would lead us and guide us and that we would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit and what you are saying and what you are leading us to in our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So we'll dig into love and respect first. Get, oh, let's see if this is up here. Well, we'll see if it comes up <laughs> as I keep going. You can tell me if it comes up. Um, so I think really, if we think about when we think about love and loving our kids, it is kind of the core thing that envelops everything, isn't it? If we had to kind of name one thing. That is our main goal and our main vision for parenthood would be to love our children well. Um, and a scripture that comes to mind for this is John 15, 13, which is greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And so, of course, we would, you know, all say that we're willing to lay down our lives for our children. Um, and that they are gifts to us. But as we think about this environment of love, how how do we figure out how how to shape them and how to ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us um, to ultimately, you know, with that hope that our kids will ultimately be able to give and receive love to others, will ultimately be able to love God with their whole hearts. Um, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the scripture, First Corinthians 13, which says love is patient, love is kind, self-sacrificing neither seeking, neither self-seeking nor envious. It endures hopes and trusts. And although we're so familiar with that, if we really stop and think about each of those, um, each of these words and what they mean, um, it is kind of a high calling, isn't it, to do all of those things. And so let's ask ourselves for a minute if we were to pick, maybe if you have one child or several children, let's think about for a minute Let's just take one of them. Love is patient. You know how? Yeah. No, let's see. Um. Oh, my desktop. Yes, sorry. Okay, cool. Sorry, sorry, yes. My <laughs> okay, like if I do this. Oh, there we go. <laughs> So let's just think about for a minute what is maybe easy for you, some of these um, virtues, or what is difficult, uh, maybe with a particular child. Um, I can think for myself that um, in certain seasons, I can think of that you know self-sacrificing for my child, especially when they were really little. I was. In some ways, it's de- it's, they're demanding that of you, right, that you <laughs> lay down your life for them and uh, you're trying to figure out how do I serve them and how do I support them or how do I feed them or how do I get them to sleep, those kinds of things. Um, and then maybe, it's, maybe patience is one that comes to mind for another child. So I can think of a specific child or certain times when there's something that you keep working on, or there's something that doesn't seem to go away with a particular child. This is kind of a theme for me in recent recent months, recent years, where I'm really praying and asking the Lord to show me how I can be more patient with a particular child when that personality is really rubbing you the wrong way, or that they, they're continuing to do something, or you feel like I'm constantly working with this child on the specific things about speaking kind words, about not using that tone, and um, so there might, you might have specific children come to mind, and I, I think for me it can be kind of wearing sometimes to feel like, oh, I'm constantly um, constantly stretching this part of me and trying to love them well in this specific area. And so it is, a th- it is an area where I'm constantly coming back to the Lord and praying, Lord, help me to, to be patient and help me you know help me to be willing to lay down my life continually. So, of course, to love like this is to have a picture of how God really loves us. I can, when we're think, talking about the word um, agape love, this unconditional, you know, everlasting love. And, of course, we all hope as parents that we can love our children in that way. Um, but it takes the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, doesn't it, to actually be able to take steps towards that. Um, Jesus said, this is the greatest of all commandments. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all your mind and all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. And this is from Mark 12, 30 through 31. And this is a scripture that I think, for me, I come back to as a core of parenting, that that's really what I want for my kids. That if I had to say, what is what is you know one of the main core scriptures or one of the main core ideas that you really want for your kids and for myself, and that is truly that they would love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, so let's just talk for a little bit, and you can, I know we're having a bit of a different group today, so you can go back to the group you've been with or, re, or regroup in a different way. Um, let's talk about, let me get this, let's see, I have this questions today, there we go. So how, so in thinking about this idea of love and loving our children well a lot of this has to do with how well that we feel like we've been loved or we've experienced God's love because we can only transfer so much to them and show them as much as we've experienced or as much as God has revealed to us and that we understand from him so let's think about your own experiences and how you've experienced love how did you learn to know deep down that God loves you and you might say, I don't, you know, I don't know that I fully grasped this yet, but where, where would you say that you are in the process of this? So let's take, we'll take five minutes or so. Okay, we're going to regroup and move forward now. I got to drop in on a group, so it's great to hear some of their reflections. And it's great to remember that we're all in a process still, right? We, for some of us, we might have had this experience that we can share, and I think I shared a little bit. With you about my own experience of, of really realizing, I'll just share a little bit of the story in case you weren't here, but um, of kind of really realizing the depth that God loved me. And I've, I've always had that since for many, many years and growing up with my mom as a Christian in my home. But um, after I had my fourth child, was a really, really difficult year and I struggled with quite a bit of postpartum depression and felt very anxious and overwhelmed and just really really dark and i think that's really where it kind of, that this idea of questioning that really came to the surface more and really struggling to know who am i and what am i doing and we're just this swirl of emotions and overwhelmed feelings and so i think i shared with you that i read this book called life of the beloved and that book really changed a lot, or challenged me, in really questioning: Do I really have this deep sense that I am loved, no matter what I do? And I recognized at that point in my life that I that I put a lot more weight on what I what I did and what I didn't do than I realized, and that there really hadn't been this deep foundation. And it, I think it was a process of reading that and praying through it, and letting these ideas settle in and soak in to where I can look back at that time now and say, I, God is really working strongly on my heart to, to, to create this foundation. It's not completely done. And of course, you know there are times that, that come up in your life where we question that with what's going on in life or do we, do we have a sense of his presence? And I think sometimes when difficulty comes in in life, we can feel like, God, you know, where are you? What are you doing? Or why is this happening? Those kinds of things. But I can look back at that time and really see that he was really working on my heart and settling some of that striving and really believing that it was about what I did rather than that he just called me that I was his child. Um, but it was great to hear from some of you about that you know some of us really have that settled other, others of us it's newer and so we're hoping that um, as we continue to believe that the Lord has really called us as His children that he loves us unconditionally no matter what that as we s- continue to settle those things in our own lives, that then we can pour out that love to our children. Um, so if we think about, you know, what does loving our children cost us? costs us a great deal, doesn't it? <laughs> I think there are so many moments when I feel exhausted or um, you have ideas of what you'd like to do to encourage your children or spend time with them, and you have this inner battle sometimes, right, of wanting to sacrifice sacrifice yourself more, but then also feeling like I have to pour enough into myself um, to have anything to give. So I often feel that tension in myself of um, desiring to sacrifice my life for my kids, but also knowing that I need to take care of myself. And so that's a very prayerful journey and um, something I'm, I'm continually bringing to the Lord to ask him to show me where is that balance of laying my life down and where is... Whereas, when do I need to fill myself up so that I have enough to give? Um, and I think it takes uh, more physical, emotional, spiritual energy than we have on our own for sure. And so we all need to be you know, asking the Holy Spirit every day, Lord, show me where I can, you know, where, where can I find little windows to, to gain energy for myself? Where can I find windows to pray? And to read the word, to continue to build myself up so that I have something to give. And I'm, especially those, I'm thinking of you with really little kids, that it's, it's exhausting. And you, <laughs> there are days where you're barely making it or you're barely you know, feeling like you have time to take care of yourself at all because you're pouring yourself out so much. So as we've been talking about, we want to offer them the self-sacrificing, unconditional love but as some of you have said, you know, we may or may not have been raised with parents who had the ability or who, who had known that love of the Lord for themselves. And so, um, you know, trying to kind of figure out how, to, how in our own journey with where we're at, how do we give this love to our children? I think for some of us, we have wounds that run possibly very deep and that you may be in a process yourself where you're asking the Lord to heal things from your own childhood, and that, that affects where we're at with parenting, too. Um, I, if, you, if you read the chapters, I really loved the story that Michelle told about her own father. I don't know if any of you had a chance to read it yet, but um, it was—so I'll just tell you the story. Um, so she she was saying how—you don't know, actually, at first that it's her father, but she's telling the story about this man who— um, he went off to war, and he was, he was married, and went off to war, and had left his wife and two children, for a long period of time, and then came back, and just had a lot of difficulty, as many people in the service do, dealing with life, and um, had just had a difficulty with his family, and ended up deciding to leave the family, and they didn't, none of them really knew the Lord, but um, his, so there's a single mom, and she's didn't have a high school education, so she's working know several jobs just to try to support her two sons by herself and but one of these little boys um, went to church and got exposed to to God's word and became a Christian and this really set his him, set himself and then later his family on a trajectory of knowing the Lord and um, so then he, this this boy went to high school and ended up going to college and continued his walk with the Lord he went to medical school Became a doctor and got married and had two little girls, and Michelle is one of these one of these little girls. And so, really, the story is just talking about how, how how much God really changed his life. And so, despite his past, and despite that he didn't didn't have support or have uh, as much care as he would have wanted for his own life, that that his walk with the Lord changed everything. And so, just as an encouragement to you, especially if that's you and you feel like, well, I didn't I didn't have the kind of childhood that I would have wanted, or I wasn't raised knowing the Lord. There's so much hope that because of what God has brought in, because he has brought himself into your life, that you have the opportunity to shape your family's life in a different direction. And then, in some ways, we're even talking about, you know, we all need to be refreshed with God's word every week. But for those of you who this is newer, there, sometimes there is that, that exuberance and that excitement about something that you're just learning. And, and passing that on to your kids too is such a wonderful gift of of being able to explain to them how wonderful this is for your life and doesn't mean life's easier but it but it, it's exciting to know that that now if you know if this is newer that now I I'm am settled and I'm peaceful about the Holy Spirit being in my life and walking with me through through the joys through the difficulties but that is such an exciting point in your walk um Book that I would highly recommend that you might have heard a little bit around New Life Downtown is called "Emotionally Healthy Spirituality" by Pete Scazzaro. and I've read that and I've read um, a couple of. He has one on church and on leadership, Um, but if you're looking for something to kind of figure out what does it look like to have a healthy and emotionally healthy spirituality (laughs) in your own life, um, it it goes through. I I think what I love about it, it has a discipleship angle, but it, it addresses this part of your past. I think some some things on discipleship kind of leave that part out. We jump to like, okay, the cross and being forgiven, and let's just move forward. Now I have Jesus. We're good. And sometimes we just kind of ignore the fact that we've lived for 20 years with a lot of stuff and a lot of things to work through, a lot of family that we're still, we're still, you know, obviously living with and working working through things. And I can't remember the exact example, but there's, there's one of the chapters where it talks about going back in order to move forward. And it talks about how you're, you know, when we show up somewhere, in some, in some sense, we're not just showing up with ourselves. But we're showing up with the host of family that have influenced us, that have raised us, that we can't just, oh, leave it behind. And now, I'm, I mean, I am a new cre- creation in some sense, but um, there is a process of working through whatever we've been raised in. Okay, let's talk about here. So what are some of the ways that we show love to our children? So wherever you're at in this process of desiring to do that, what can you think of that you think, this is is a way right now that I am either doing naturally or that I'm consciously saying, I'm going to work towards showing love to my children by doing, And then, if you have time to answer another question, if we didn't grow up feeling loved by our parents, how do we pass this on? So, kind of some of the things we've been talking about. About um, maybe it's you haven't experienced this yourself, but you want to pass this on. One of the things Michelle actually shared in her story too was about um, some some of the things that, like her dad was always encouraging her and her mom was just a great listener that her mom would be so attentive and looking in her eyes and listening to every word and those weren't necessarily things that they were raised with but becoming Christian parents and learning how to love well they just they decided this is this is a new habit that I I want to love like this and so they kept consistently you know trying to move in that direction so okay let's break for about five minutes Okay, we're gonna move forward now. It's great to hear from some of you, especially those with young ones. You know, h- thinking about how we love them and how we discipline them, and how we do this, especially when they're young. Um, I was talking to Sarah up here, and she had she's dropping in on our class today, and she just had something I thought really valuable um, to share with us. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's very, very much the same thing as what we're all doing, that we're serving our children daily and pouring into them and laying our life down. And I really liked what you said about really, we can, we can know something or, and what do we mean by that? Is it just a cognitive knowing? Like I've read a lot of scriptures that say that God loves me, or I know intellectually that's, that's true, but am I really allowing the Lord to show me that on a daily basis? Am I, am I allowing that? I think for me, sometimes when I reflect back on previous experiences, I, I could think, well, I really want the Lord to show me love this way, or be really nice if this person would do this, or say this, or reach out, or, you know, we could imagine, ideally, how it would look like for all of us to, to be loved. But sometimes I think God sh- surprises us that he shows us love in or he's trying to, if we're open to that, to show us love in ways that might be unexpected, or to drop someone across your path that you might not have seen for a while, or to send you a a cup of coffee, or, you know, I think there's all kinds of ways, little ways, if we have eyes to see every day, how is it that God is really revealing himself to me, showing himself to me? Maybe it's, you're up early with a baby who's awake that you wish the baby wasn't awake and there's a beautiful sunrise and, and do we do we think about those things as ways that God is speaking to us that he's that if God is ultimately beauty that he's showing us his beauty through a sunrise or a sunset or um, an insect. We were just in California this past week and my son is really into any animal or any insect that wherever we are, he will hone in on that. And I love that because I want to be attuned to it. And I'm glad that he's, he's really has eyes to see that so he can say, come, look at this. And so we saw a praying mantis on a tree there. And uh, I'm trying to think if I've actually seen one before, been honed in on one wherever we've traveled. But, and then we also saw in the park um, a magnolia tree. It's funny because I have these fake magnolia flowers in my house and was totally unaware until my cousin pointed out that, oh, this is a magnolia tree. We kind of even looked up to see it because of the fruit. So I don't know if you've seen. Um, they almost look like a pine cone, And um, but I think it's actually called a fruit of a magnolia tree. And it looks like a pine cone, and there's these little red seeds on the inside of it. They almost look like Red hots. So it's like an acorn with these bright red-looking seeds. And so seeing what was on the ground caused us to look up and look at the leaves and all of that but and I think it depends how you're wired I think for me I really I appreciate nature so much and I'm drawn to being out in creation and seeing that and so I think for me that is a way that the Lord reveals himself that is a way that he shows love by saying look what I've created look at look at you know beautiful flowers and trees and um for you, it might be something else. You know, it might be through reading or through, of course, through the, his word and, of course, through our personal relationship with him. But I think there are other ways that throughout our day that if we're not, that he can reveal himself constantly through the day other than just that specific time when we sit down. That if we're, if we're asking him to, to help us to see that and to sense that, that he can pour out his love and reveal himself in so many different ways. So let's talk a little bit about the idea of respecting our children. I think often we hear about this idea of respecting, children respecting their elders. And of course, we want that. And we talk a lot about that a lot in our house. What does it look like, you know, with their tone of voice when they respond to me? Is that respecting me? Is that honoring me as a parent? Is that honoring Glenn? Um, but how? what does it look like to respect our children? I think part of what it looks like is is treating them as human beings from the time they're really little. Um, looking in their eyes and listening to them. I think so many times, we, you know, we may or we hear parents say, okay, look in my eyes, listen to what I'm saying, but do we respect them in the same way? Do When they're trying to tell us a story that goes on and on and on, do we <laughs> give them the same respect? And I know this personally that that can be <laughs> challenging where you're like, I just need to move on or I'm... I'm you know, it's often like I'm trying to start dinner and, oh, I want to tell you this story about what just happened. You're like, oh, like I, you know, so it's tempting to just, you know, keep going and you're, you, I'll say yeah. And then they'll be like, did you just hear what I just said or what did I just say? And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to have a hard time summarizing <laughs> what you just told me. Um, but I think they, they're they human beings made in the image of God. They have a sense. They know when we're actually paying attention to them when we're truly listening. And so I think if we if we contemplate how, how it feels for us as adults to be respected, can we then give that to our kids in return? And it takes a concerted effort to do that amidst all the busyness. I think I shared a little bit last week about um, getting down on eye level, and I think that's another point that really shows them respect, especially when they're young or if we're correcting or if we're, they're upset, or especially when there's high emotion or high, um, yeah, just high emotion and, and you really want to show them that you're willing to listen to them, that you're willing to engage with them, that getting down and just, you know, looking them straight in the eye really shows that, giving them that same eye contact that, that we want from them is showing that we respect them as a, as a human being. think another way that we, I mean, I think really truly listening and trying to understand it's, it's, it's sometimes we just don't always apply the same things that we would in adult relationships that we would with them, right? But in for an adult relationships, we, like when I'm going to go into a group or meet with friends, I'll think about what can I ask them that's intentional or like what can I ask them that I don't know about them or that I want to to dig deep about their life and understand and really know them. And I think we can th- use those same questions in that same lens to think about our children and or clarifying questions. Um, I think sometimes it's easy, even for us as adults, to just to nod and say yes, but if we're really listening and we really have a have a grasp on what someone's saying, with our children even, we can ask clarifying questions, too. So, okay, so you, you, were, you were talking about, you, know, you went to school and this teacher said this and that. So... So this is what you said. You kind of paraphrasing and then saying. So tell me more about that. Or so, you you mentioned. It seems like that that made you sad. Well, what specifically was really upsetting you about that? Um, We had um, my oldest is in in seventh grade now, and so we had a situation a little bit earlier this year, and just um, she was in a specific class, and and there was a boy kind of giving her trouble, and we were kind of talking through and trying to discern, you know, what if if this is something a big enough issue to, to talk to the teacher about or not. And um, it was one of those moments where I felt like, okay, I really I could kind of choose to pass this off as not being a big deal, or choose to try to engage and and really listen and kind of read between the lines that I'm kind of sensing I think this is this is this could be nothing. This could be horseplay, but it could be Really hitting on something internally in her and bothering her and feeling like this is too close for her comfort, and so just trying to lean in and and say, okay, let's 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 do due diligence here and let's just talk to someone and kind of find this out, figure out what's going on here with, with this child. And so anyway, it's a long story, but it did all get resolved and all talked through and um, all of that. But I remember in the moment where you're in those moments of trying to decide, do I? really hone in here? Do I really pay attention? Do I really look, or do I just kind of keep going with my own life? Um, And I think it was a moment when I was grateful that the Holy Spirit was like, Holly, this is a moment to to lean in and really pay attention. Um, Recently, in the past couple days, um, well, let me say this first, that I don't know about you, but we have just lots of falling and crying in the house from different running and getting hurt and Scraping knees, and so with four children and happening over the course of 12 years, I have to say that there are many times when I'm just, like, ignoring it. Like, this is so normal. Is anything actually wrong? This Like the boy that cried wolf. Like, So I have to say it become maybe just a little less compassion <laughs> over the years where I just think, oh, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Well, this past week, Jane had, I think, my two youngest, were. they we have this kind of loop, so they just, like, run and run, and you say the okay, we better slow down because somebody might get hurt. And of course, inevitably, two minutes later, you know, somebody's crying. And so she had fallen. And I didn't go right away because I thought, oh, this happens all the time. And um, But I kind of let it go for a couple minutes and then just had this sense of, you know, Holly, go, go to her. See what's going on. Don't just <laughs> ignore her and keep going on your own thing. And so it, it's just amazing, I think, how when you get down on their level and just even in comfort, it may not be in words, but just getting down, looking in her eyes saying, I see you. I see that you're hurt, you know, comforting. Probably she stopped crying in a couple minutes. And was, um, she had fallen pretty hard. She hit her head on our wood floor, um, which, yeah, those things happen fairly often. But I think I've felt prompted lately to get out of what I'm doing and stop what I'm doing. I think that's hard, hard to when you're in the zone, you're like, no, I just need to finish this thing that I'm doing. And, and just go to them, you know, if, if they're really upset and, and oftentimes, you know, just you saying, I see you, I'm comforting you, then they'll be able, you know, to move on with that security of knowing that. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, I didn't know you were needing something. Okay. Thanks, Jim. As we've been talking about, you know, in various parts of, of these classes, that this cultivating this listening and desiring to know them, we're really planting seeds for the future of relationship with them. Like even this but this little story of me not just going on my own way or doing my own thing, but saying, I hear your cry, I see you, that those kinds of things are planting the, the seeds of relationship for the future. That the hope is that as we say those things by our actions, by our words, that they'll continue to realize we are a safe place of comfort, of love, and that as they grow older, that they will want to continue to return to, to that place. And as we've been kind of talking about in the groups, that it, we, we, I think Kelly said that, you know, we as parents, we are sort of modeling this love for them, that as they see us loving them, as they see us listening to them, Caring about them, asking them questions, talking with them—that that is a way of our love for them is a way of saying, of modeling and showing the love that God is really pouring out to us, is really giving us if if we if we can tap into that, if we can really grasp that. And so I think we, when they're little, sometimes we don't think about it that way. We think, "Oh, does it really matter that I'm doing this or that?" Um, but I'm, I really believe that you'll continue to see the fruit of it as you keep as you keep going forward, and we're we're planting those seeds for their teen years, for their adult years. That um, it's hard to see it now, but I really think that as we keep doing that that hard work now, that we'll we'll see it, the fruit of it, as we keep going forward. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to the next environment, which is the environment of knowing, which I'm kind of touching on it a little bit already. Um. So it's the we're talking about the idea of us really truly fully knowing our children, and in that here again, we're connecting to God's desire to really, fully, truly know us. And so as we can find ways to do that with them, they'll, ha- they'll hopefully begin to have that sense that that is what God wants, that God wants to really know them and God truly accepts them. And one of the things that, a story that came to my mind is, one of the things that really attracted me to Glenn when I first met him was, I had just never, was this idea that he actually really wanted to know me. I had never met a guy (laughs) before that actually wanted to know me and asked me good questions and truly wanted to know anything about me. And um, just his ability to ask great questions and to dig deeper than the surface was just very much different than any any most relationships that I had ever experienced. And I I realized at that point in my life that I was very passive and that I didn't, I really had no idea how to ask questions. I'm like, what did I ever talk to anyone about prior to this time in my life? I guess I just was around, and you just talk about whatever's going on at the moment. But this idea of really knowing someone takes a lot more work and effort to dig deeper and to get to that point of how am I feeling, you know, and how am I doing spiritually? And I think sometimes that can feel awkward in our just our everyday, um, you know, goings of in and out and. um, but I think if we establish that, that, that element or that part of a relationship with as spouses, as children, and that becomes a natural part of our relationships. I think it takes work to get there, but it, be, it becomes easier. Um, we were just talking about a book, How We Love Our Kids, and I've, I did some classes on a book called How We Love, and those are both great if you're kind of wanting to dig deeper and understanding Yourself and your past and how that affects your marriage and parenting, but um, they have this whole list of soul questions that we had hanging on our fridge for a really long time. I think that stuff never stays on my fridge for more than a few. months. I just the kids take it and who knows where it ever goes to, but gets stashed other places. But um, we would periodically at dinner do these, have these, you know, have these soul questions. Of course, the older ones, you know, grasped onto it more, and the younger ones, you know, would say funny things, but at least we're trying to plant those (laughs) seeds, we're trying to make this a part of our our life together, but um, as awkward as it might seem, I think a great question is, how is it with your soul, and if if you've set up a relational time to, to focus on that, it doesn't seem as awkward, I think if you go around saying, how is it with your soul, how is it with your soul, that might not be the greatest just like passerby question, but I have certain friendships or certain groups where that, that's just what, that's we intentionally say this is what we're going to talk about. And then it kind of gives everyone freedom to go a little bit deeper and to reflect a bit more. But I think the question helps us not to not just say, to narrate. I think it's easy just to narrate our day. Well, I did this, and then I did this, and, yeah, this is a little frustrating, but if we really think about deeply, like, what, what's underneath the narration of that event? Or if I felt, you know, a little bit... Irritated. Oftentimes, if we're feeling angry about something, maybe there's actually a deep sadness below that anger that's causing that. Um, so, all of that to say that um, if we can kind of reflect on those things in our within ourselves, within our spouses, that we'll then be able to transfer that to our children. And I think a great place is to is to start with our with our spouse. So, Glenn and I don't do this every night, but often, you know, we'll we'll ask question, kind of a soul question to try to get a little bit deeper with, you know, what what's really going on underneath all of the flurry and the, f- the fullness or the angst or we um, just had a very full past three weeks. So last night I kind of did the, ah, this is <laughs> how I'm feeling about life right now. And, he, and he's like, okay, what do you, do you need me to just list, you know, often it's like, how can I help you? How can I solve this? What can I do? I'm like, No. I just need you to listen, like, I don't need any, I don't need any solutions, just this is how I'm feeling, tomorrow I'll wake up, and it'll feel, I'll feel better, <laughs> but, so as we continue to, to get better at this, and, you know, we can, we can ask these things with our kids, and so you, all of us are in different places with this as well, right, you might have had parents that were great at, really sitting and listening to you and looking in your eyes and asking you questions and wanting to know you or you may have parents where you just kind of coexisted or you, you know you you knew yeah i know they love me but i didn't really feel that or i didn't feel heard or i didn't feel listened to but if you didn't we can change that we i've made you know made a lot of strides in my in our own immediate family that i didn't experience um, and it's hard work but i think i you know, frequently ask the Lord, Lord, show me how to be more consistent in this. You know, show me how to love this particular child, how to talk to this particular child. And we were talking in our group how it would be easy if they were all just the same and we could come up with this model or this formula. Of like, this is the way that I love all of my children. And sadly, it's a lot more work than that, isn't it, to kind of figure out, you know, one child really feels loved. In this way, or this other way, and then I think as they get older, it changes. When I'm getting into this preteen and the thing, the ways that they might have felt loved, you know, when they were a little younger, now it's changing, and I'm trying to kind of figure this out as we move forward. And so, all of this takes time. It takes a lot of observation from them, or observing our kids. It takes building a foundation of trust. Um, A scripture that I really come back to often is in Deuteronomy, um, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And what what I appreciate in reflecting on this is that just the, the understanding and the knowledge that it, it takes time, that we all have a different family puzzle, we all have different components and things that we're working with, but just this admonition to us as parents to figure out where these pockets are of time when we can maybe take one child out to talk with them, to give them milk and cookies, to show them, you know, I, I love you, I see you, I want to hear from you, and I think sometimes we can imagine some this, we have this ideal of wanting to do that, of wanting to love them individually, but I don't have, how do I take them all out, or... And so I think we started at one point being able to take them out and now we're like, how can we just take them aside in our house? How can we pull them to the side and have a little special time or a special conversation um, in a, you know, without it requiring finding a way to, to leave the rest of the family or requiring a lot of money, but what can I do to show this child that and help that I love them and to make them feel special? I think it takes some, um, maybe stepping back to think about these things and and to plan them and to be initiators of that time. Doesn't I think there, there's part of it that's a, as we go, kind of a lifestyle of, of asking the Lord to help us to be sensitive in moments of, just something that comes up and, and that definitely, comes up. I, it was kind of humorous. You as I was I was just kind of working on a part of this, talk last night and one of my kids was having an emotional meltdown, and then went in the bathroom and was crying. and thinking, I don't have time for this. I need to work on this talk. <laughs> and so, but anyway, I ended up letting it go and then feeling the Lord like, Holly, you just need to go and talk to her right now. And so her coming in and, you know, just kind of lamenting about just a difficulty that she's having right now, and how do we, how do I empathize with her and what she's going through, but how, how do I also at the same time show her a way forward. And in that moment, I was thinking, I wanted to be the solver of this, you know, or be the solution to this problem, but I felt in the moment like, no, this is the crying meltdown, which I had hours later for myself. And and I just need to listen to her right now. This isn't the moment. This isn't the time to offer all of my solutions about how we can make this this better. Um, So let's talk for a little bit about how can how can we put our children in an environment where they can experience God? How do we help our children know God? I think it's so. In light of this idea of knowing, of us us knowing them, and then really feeling, helping them to sense that the Lord really knows them, um, letting the Lord really speak to them. Is it? home, is it in church, is it um, maybe it's what you're saying to them, you're helping them to uh, reflect on what's happening in that day Um, so how can we put them, how can we kind of set them up to to experience the Lord Okay. okay, we've got just a little bit of time left before we wrap up, but just in in closing, we were, we were talking about how this is just a, a kind of a hard question to answer, isn't it? That we can't force an experience of the Lord on our children, but it's really more of a prayerful thing of asking the Lord to help our children to experience him. And we can try to cultivate an environment for that, but ultimately we can't make that happen. And we also talked about how in sometimes it's in not in the ways that we imagine. It's not always in the, okay, I'm going to have family devotions and Lord, like, let them experience you right now. Like maybe that will happen. But it also might be that this is that their experience is growing more in their difficulty, that in times of pain or in struggle that that's sometimes where we, we really meet the Lord and where we sense his presence the strongest. I'm, I imagine for a lot of us, we can think of situations like that in our own lives. Um, but as we wrap up, um, I think one of the main things to think about, just as we close, is kind of returning to what our has been our goal for this whole class, and that is something we talked about in chapter one. That as a spiritual parent, kind of these three—did I write this out? Let's see if I put them on here. I don't think I did. The three main, three main goals or ideas that we really want for our children. So we can kind of keep these in mind as we move forward. But the first one being that we would pray that they would hear and know God's voice, that they would desire to obey it, and that they they would be able to obey it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I would just encourage you as we go forward to come back to that, that we keep praying for that, that that's something only the work of the Holy Spirit can do in their lives, that we can't force that, but we, can, we can cultivate... Um, you know, the foundation of their life in those ways that we can pray for other people to come in, as we talked about with spiritual community, with mentors, with church, that we can pray that others will encourage that. We know that you know, we're not the only voice in their lives and that um, we continue to pray for others to encourage them in their walk as well. Um, but to also remember that how the scripture that says uh, in Romans 10, 14 through 15 that says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so it's, I think it's a wonderful idea that to think about the privilege that we have as parents to be able to bring this good news to them, that what an opportunity that we have to continue to pour into our kids, to bring them the word, to encourage them in it, um, and that just, the fa- just that we're able to do this as parents is such a gift. I'll, we'll have one more question at the end but before we end um, I wanted to know if anybody has any questions that you want to throw out or I'd also love to know I think I asked a few of you this maybe a week or two ago a, a little feedback about the class but this is the first time we've done this so I'm also curious to know if any of you have thoughts about the length of it um, being six weeks if that's felt so one, just about the length of time, the commitment, and then also a Sunday morning. Does this feel like um, a good amount of, a, a, good, a good time or would an evening be better?